We are Crossroads Grace Church. Our purpose is to lead people to discover Jesus and follow Him fully. This week's message is taught by our teaching pastor, Brian Hunt. From wherever you're listening, we hope that you are challenged and encouraged by this week's message. Hello, everybody at Crossroads. Good to see you. My name is Pastor Brian. So glad that you're with us here today and uh, glad wherever you're at, no matter if you're on Crossroads online or you're at a coffee shop or you're somewhere around the world, we're just so glad that you're with us here today. And we are excited to be in this series that is called Lead Me. And we're going to tell you a little bit more about Lead Me in just a second, but we're just trying to lead people to, to know who Jesus is and to follow him fully. And one of the ways that we do this around here at Crossroads is through a thing called community or growth groups. And we want you to know that we are getting ready to launch a ton of growth groups this fall and we want everyone to be a part of it. We have digital groups, we have in-person groups, we have men's and women's and couples and singles in mixed groups. We have childcare. If that's a need for you, then listen, I would recommend a digital group because what's better than an after dinner or after bedtime group or maybe during a long nap group? Those are really good ones. So, so this means that there is a group for Everybody. Everybody can be in a growth group. And we are offering actually three different types of groups to have you be a part of this fall to choose from. And one of them is called Rooted. And Rooted is honestly one of the best things that we do here at Crossroads. It is about the fundamentals of following Jesus. Whether you have just become a follower of Jesus or you have been a follower of Jesus your entire life, this is unbelievably important that we want you to be a part of that. So Rooted is what I would want you to do if you haven't taken it yet. But Life on Rhythm is the, the next one after Rooted. And Life on Rhythm is about following the rhythms of Jesus in our lives in two main areas, in our home and in our work. I think that everybody right now would love to have some Jesus rhythm at their home right now. Would you give me a little heads up, give me a high five, whatever it might be, if you need a little Jesus rhythm. And that's what this is going to be. So if you've taken Rooted, make sure you get into a life and rhythm group. Or another one is called Financial Peace University. It is a tremendously helpful group. It is about trying to follow Jesus with our finances. And it has been monumentally important for my wife and I, our family. We are diehard FPU people. It can help you uh, transform your life. But today, here's what I wanted to do. I wanted you to hear from somebody who has been part of our Rooted experiences before. And she is an amazing woman. Her name is Ellie Valverde. Would you please help me welcome her to the stage wherever you're at? Just give a little clap. Give a little clap for Ellie kind of coming out today. Ellie, hello. Hello, hello. hello. So glad you're with us here today. Thank so, you for having hey, me. Here's what I want. Tell us a little bit about like yourself, about your family, how you came to Crossroads, all that good stuff. Just tell the people a little bit about yourself. Well, I've been a Christian for 10 years and I'm married to my wonderful hubby, my man of God, Billy. And we have three beautiful God-fearing children. Demetrius, he's 21. Elijah 16 and Michaela is 13 and I remembered. <laughs> you got them all. That's amazing. I got them yeah. all and we've been here for seven years. That's so cool. Yeah. That's so cool. And Billy is, he's pretty awesome. So oh, I would agree you. with that too. So, <laughs> hey, would you do this? Tell a little bit about your Rooted experience because you went through Rooted. I did. And so tell us a little bit about your experience. What was it like? Uh, Rooted was actually not what I had expected, but it was an incredible experience. Um, not only did it help me to get closer to Christ, but 
also get out of my box, get out of my shell, and get closer to friends and family and also to my community. That's awesome. And, and I, I went through Rooted too. I took a group through it. I, same thing. Just unbelievably uh, helpful in so many ways. But there are some people out there that are like, you know what? I'm a pretty uh, awesome Christian. I've been a Christian a long time. I don't know if I need some rooted, you know. So what would you tell that person that's kind of seasoned veteran? What would you say to them? I would say that you're never too mature in your faith and to just do it because you're going to get something out of this. You can never be too close to Christ or grow too deep in a connection with him. So rooted is it. Do it. That's right. See, do it, right? <laughs> Get some Nikes and do it. Now, uh, then there's this other side of the people. But there's some people that are thinking like, I don't know. I'm kind of new in my faith. Maybe this is too deep for me. What would you say to somebody brand new in their faith about Rooted? I would say, you know what? Just do it. You're not going to regret it. Just say yes. It is an amazing time and, and a fellowship and to be able to just connect uh, with, you know, uh, friends and, and maybe invite a family member. I did, and yeah. it was tremendous. So I, I just think Rooted is it's just life-changing. It really yeah. is. Well, and you mentioned something really important. You talk about friends, you talk about family, that's community. Mm -hmm. um, and and community is big around here. And so yes. what, would, what would you say to somebody, and why is that community aspect of growing with Jesus so important? Well, it's important, at least for me and the season that I'm in right now, I have my community praying over me and my family. Um, they hold me accountable, which yeah. is something that we all need. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I think just the most beautiful thing that we experience in Rooted is just being able to grow in Christ together. Yeah. Yeah. Ellie's awesome, isn't she? She's totally awesome. It's air high five, air high five. Well, well done. Ellie, thanks for being with us. <laughs> Thank I you. super appreciate it. Uh, guys, listen, Rooted, Life and Rhythm, Financial Peace University, sign up today, get in these groups. Uh, I'm going to have the chat host right now. Put in your chat log the crossroadsgrace.org slash group so you can get going today. Today, get involved in some community. We would love to have you be a part of that. But speaking of today, I want to continue to, to look at um, being led by Jesus, being led by Jesus. And, and, what, and what we're going to discuss today actually is, is a little difficult, but it's really vital to our next steps in following Jesus fully. And, and so to do that, let me, let me have you think about something real quick. Uh, have, have you ever been in a crowded room of people where all the voices kind of blend together into almost like Charlie Brown's teacher. You remember that? Like, rah, 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 rah. Right? you remember what I'm talking about? You know, where there is so much noise that you can't really distinguish one voice from another. Like think about a stadium full of people or a, a crowded lobby or something like that. It's this eerie feeling of drowning in a sea of sound. And if you scream to the top of your lungs, you're, there's a good chance no one's going to hear you at all, even if you're surrounded by people. Guys, I've been there before. I can remember uh, growing up in, 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 in a crowded mall in Rapid City, South Dakota, and, and feeling this sense of like eeriness as the sound waves just washed over the top of me. And as that happened, I, as a little kid, I started to get scared. I didn't know where anybody was at. I didn't know kind of where my parents had gone or anything. But then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, I heard that voice. And that was my mom's voice. You know what I'm talking about? You know your mom's voice. Usually uses your middle name with it. And you know moms are serious. And it, and it pierced through the noise barrier like a hot knife through butter. Because I would know that voice anywhere when I heard it. Even today, I would know that voice anywhere. And it gave me a great comfort amongst the chaos 
that was all around me. Knowing my mom's voice is what helped me feel calm. This series that we're in, it's called Lead Me. And we're learning to follow Jesus fully. We're looking at how we can learn to be led by Jesus and why that is of monumental importance in our life. This idea is really birthed out of our mission statement here at the church that that says this. It says that we exist to lead people to discover Jesus and follow him fully. Really two parts to it. There is the discovery process and then there is the follow process. And what we've said is that we have to allow people to discover Jesus first. You can't be ask somebody to follow someone they don't know. So, so we said we've got we've to discover Jesus first. And then after we discover the logical step is to then follow him. To follow him fully. And, and, to, and deciding to follow him means that we're going to allow him to lead us. Which is why this series is called Lead Me. Last week, we actually looked at why Jesus is the greatest leader of all time and why choosing the right leader in our life is so important. The reason being is that we said this last week that the leader we choose will determine the direction we go. If you really think about that, it makes perfect sense. The, 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 the leader you choose will determine the direction you go, especially in your spiritual life. We need to be really mindful of the leader that we choose and that gets access to our soul. Choosing a bad leader... It's not just going to leave you like lost in the middle of downtown San Francisco. I mean, it's going to be totally bad. You're going to be lost from God for all eternity. But after we choose our leader, the next part of being led is to actually know our leader's voice. Just like I knew my mother's voice in a crowded room, we also need to know the sound of our leader. Because the voice of a leader is a powerful thing. All great leaders have voices that that people listen to. And and that doesn't necessarily mean that they're forceful or domineering or even loud voices, but they must carry some weight and some presence to them. For example, Rosa Parks. Rosa Parks was a small woman of stature, but was a great leader by her actions. After being arrested for refusing to give up her seat to a white person on a bus in Montgomery, Alabama, Parks was then asked why she did it. And I love her response. She once said this. She says, people always say that I didn't give up my seat because I was tired. But that isn't true. No, the only tired I was, was tired of giving in. That's a voice of racial racial reconciliation right there. And that's a voice for people that will listen to that voice. We all know a voice of authority in our lives. We all know that. I mean, for instance, when I'm out with my family and it's time to go, all I have to do is say two words, or really, really two words. I say, hey, Team Hunt, that's what I say all the time. Hey, Team Hunt, let's roll. Four words, Team Hunt, let's roll. And Aniston and Easton, they know exactly that it's time to go. We don't mess around when it's Team Hunt, let's roll. See, we listen to the voices of leaders all the time, but, but it doesn't always mean you want to follow them. You, you, for instance, you might listen to your, the voice of your boss, but only because you don't want to get fired. You may listen to your neighbor just to keep the peace in the neighborhood, but you don't respect them. You might listen to, for advice, for, for, to advice from a friend that, that might give that to you, but, but you're still going to do what you want to do. Not you're really going to follow them. So, so listening and following are not an, an automatic combination. No, no, there is something special that happens when we go from listening and then progressing into following. And the same is true for us with Jesus. If Jesus is the greatest leader and we want him to lead us, then our next step is to learn to listen to his voice above all other voices. 
it, it only makes sense that if we trust Jesus with our eternity, then, then we should know his voice at least as well as we know our mom's voice, right? And, and, and to do that today, I want us to unpack one of my favorite Jesus illustrations he ever gave us. It's found in John chapter 10. So if you have your Bibles with you, your Crossroads Grace apps, I would love for you to join me there. Our, our chat hosts actually will send a link to you right now in, in, in the chat log. You can go there right now. But, but as you get there, let me try to explain kind of where Jesus is at in his ministry at this time. Uh, by this time, Jesus had established himself as a threat to the religious leaders. And he's done that by his teachings and also by his magnetic personality that people wanted to be around him. And his, his popularity was growing. But as it did, the people kind of didn't know what to make of him. I mean, some people thought he was a prophet. Some people thought he was a good teacher. Some people thought that he was a ghost, actually. Yet Jesus himself was making claims that he was the Messiah, the Son of God, which caused all kinds of trouble. Because for people to believe that he was the Messiah, that would go against every, all the religious leaders. And, and they were the one that wielded all the power at the time. And the religious leaders were not only jealous of Jesus' popularity, but they were also nervous that he was going to take their power from them. And, and so what we read actually in John chapter 7, verses 43 through 44, sums it up really well. It says, thus the people were divided because of Jesus. Some wanted to seize him, but no one laid a hand on him. But, but even if the, the people and the religious leaders were confused, even divided about Jesus, there was one thing that was abundantly clear. Jesus' voice was different than anything they had ever heard before. And, and Jesus has a habit of always using his voice to describe what kind of leader he is and also what his ultimate desire for our life is, which is why John 10 is just so amazing. So by now, I've given you plenty of time to find John chapter 10. Uh, and what we'll find when we get there is that Jesus is speaking to the religious leaders known as the Pharisees. And he's speaking to them in some pretty clear terms. In, let's see, in John chapter 10, start in verse 1. Jesus says, Very truly I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way, is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. So one of my favorite things to do when I preach, if, if you haven't noticed it, if you watch Crossroads for a while, you know, I love to give real life examples to my messages to kind of drive home points. So guys, I've used ice cream and basketball hoops and balance beams and I've broken clay pots, just to name a few. But although I would love to be able to think that I'm super unique, I'm really just a hack that's just taking a page out of Jesus's book. Like it's totally his stuff. Jesus was always trying to use common things around him to make an uncommon point. And, and here in John 10, we see that Jesus is taking a look at, uh, at his surroundings. And perhaps he's, he sees some shepherds tending their flocks nearby. It, it, it would have been a commonplace kind of thing to be able to see. In fact, if you go to Israel today, you'll see shepherds tending their flocks even right now. Granted, they probably have cell phones and they're taking selfies with their sheep. But listen, nonetheless, they are shepherds and they are sheep. But did you know that the Bible actually loves the imagery of sheep and shepherds? Yeah, they're mentioned, sheep and shepherds are mentioned 247 times in the Bible. That's a lot of publicity. I mean, that, that, that doesn't seem too bad that they do that. Sorry, um... 
you don't deserve all those fluffy answers that I just get. I'm, I'm sorry, I just can't. Anyway, but, but in order to understand what Jesus is talking about, you have to visualize what he's referring to. So Jesus is setting the scene and he describes a sheep pen. He describes a sheep pen. And now, now a sheep pen's primary purpose is to provide protection for the sheep at night and, and during stormy weather. We want to make sure little Bo Peep's sheep is taken care of. And, and normally they had high, thick walls that would keep, keep the predators out and the thieves out and so nothing could get in. But the entrance to the, to the sheep pen was known as the gate. And it may or may not have had an actual gate or physical gate in front of it. Uh, because in some cases, the opening of the gate was guarded by the gatekeeper or the pen keeper who would do this. They would actually lay down in front of the gate to keep the sheep from coming out all night long. And the gatekeeper also served as a watchman. So as the sheep were kind of uh, sleeping at night, he wanted to make sure they weren't being harmed or no one stole them or nothing came and got them. So the gatekeeper just kind of lays in front of it. But what Jesus also does here is he introduces somebody else. Not only does he introduce the gatekeeper, but he also introduces two distinct groups of people. Here we actually find out about the thief and the shepherd. Now, the thief, that's the bad guy. Okay, that's the totally bad guy. He's someone that is not welcome. He doesn't know the sheep and he only wants um, bad things for them. I can't stop. I'm sorry. Right? He only wants bad for them. They know the only way that they can access the sheep, the only way the thieves can access the sheep is to be through deception or through force, going over the top of the gate. Now, now the shepherd, on the other hand, now that's the good guy. Okay, that's the Luke Skywalker of the story. He's the, the rightful owner of the sheep and, 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 and they are his responsibility. And that's why when the shepherd comes toward the gatekeeper, the gatekeeper knows him. Uh, kind of think of the gatekeeper like one of those big bouncers at a nightclub that you see on TV. You, you know what I'm saying? Like the kind of guy that could break you in half just with his pinky, you know? That, that kind of guy. It, and if he doesn't know you or someone doesn't know you from the inside, guess what? You're not getting into the club. This is kind of the same role of the gatekeeper in front of the sheep pen. He's, he's hired to protect the sheep. And if he doesn't know the shepherd coming, that shepherd ain't getting in. But there's another way that the gatekeeper could tell if it was the right shepherd or not. In fact, I want you to look at, uh, at Luke, or excuse me, John chapter 10, verse 3. It says that the, the gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his sheep by name and then he leads them out. You see, the gatekeeper also could tell if it was the right shepherd by one very important action and that was the response of the sheep. Because the sheep know the shepherd's voice. Now, you, you might not know this, but, but sheep will only respond to the voice of the shepherd that they know and trust. And, and if you're kind of skeptical like me, you might think, right, sure, sure they will. Listen, anyone can call a group of sheep to them. It's not a hard thing. And so I did some research to find out if in fact it was true. And I actually found this video that helped me totally get it. Take a look. <laughs> One more time. Oh, 
crazy? Isn't that crazy just to see? But, but here's the thing you need to know about sheep. And here's what you need to know. Uh, they are skittish animals, but they actually are more intelligent than we give them credit for. Uh, they, they also create uh, emotional bonds with, with other sheep and, and also with their shepherd. And, and the way that they gain this bond is through learning to, uh, to trust the shepherds. They trust that they will treat them well, they'll, they'll feed them well, and they'll keep them safe. The shepherd has to prove to the sheep that he's trustworthy, and the sheep will then respond. Which, honestly, is, is the sign of a, a healthy relationship, isn't it? When trust is earned, then trust is given. The proof of that is actually seen in the very next verse that we read, in, in verse, uh, verse 3. Verse 3 says, When he has brought out his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. So, so as the gatekeeper moves out away from the gate, the shepherd calls his sheep. And, and then, listen, don't miss this, don't miss this. It says that the shepherd goes ahead of them. He leads them out. They listen to his voice and they know that he will not let them go where they don't need to be going. He proves it to them, though, by leading the way. He leads the way. And why this is so important is because of what Jesus says next. He, he says that if the shepherd is an imposter, not only will the sheep not listen to him, but they will actually scatter in fear because they don't trust him. They'll run away because they don't know the voice and they don't trust the voice. But check this out. The sheep actually want to leave the pen one way or the other because the pen is not nice. It's not meant to hang out in. So, so let's, let's come back to our sheep pen and if we could for a second, let's just burst the whole precious moment version of the story that we have here for a second and realize what the pen was really like. 
just think about this logically okay if you cram a bunch of sheep into a small pen overnight um, into the in the elements it's it's not going to be pretty they they all don't shower ahead of time if you know what I mean they they don't have little bath and body work samples that they kind of put on all their goodie bits they don't have any of that they don't have a private sheep restroom either so basically do this imagine that you're in one of those hoarder houses that you see on TLC and this is the image of a sheep pen it was confined. It wasn't healthy to be in for that long. So the sheep want this to be a temporary experience as, as quickly as they can. They want it over with because the sheep, they want to get out. They want to get out. So one way or the other, they're going to come out. They're either going to run out and scatter and be eaten by wolves or they're going to be led out and protected and get to eat. The key to the entire story, though, rests in the voice. It rests on the voice of the one doing the calling. Uh, perhaps you could think of it this way. A voice that you can trust brings calm. A voice of distrust brings calamity. See, the key is who you listen to. This is the heart of the story. Jesus lays out this rustic scene in front of this group of self-proclaimed fare-thee-well Pharisees. Talk about a sheep, talk about a gate, talk about the shepherd. All centering around the voice of a shepherd versus the actions of a thief. And as Jesus finishes up, it's as if he's saying, so what do you think, guys? What do you think? But not surprisingly, they didn't get it. Verse 6 says, Jesus used this as a figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. Now, I don't know why I just love that so much, you know, but to see this, these indignant Pharisees who probably have never wrangled a sheep in their life, trying to try to follow along with Jesus' illustrative story, it's just kind of like, like totally funny to me. But before you say, well, pfft, can't believe these guys didn't get it. What a bunch of knuckleheads. And you kind of laugh nervously because you don't get it either. Let me just unpack it a little bit. Now, let, let's start out with the sheep. Let's start out with the sheep. And if you haven't figured it out, we are the sheep. We are smart. We are emotional beings. But we are skittish of life. We need a leader. We are the ones in the sheep pen of life that are in the middle of this nasty, stinky pen in the form of our sin. But even if it is nasty and it is stinky with our mess, we sometimes like it, don't we? Because, well, at least we know what it is. It's where we live. But that's also why deep down we want to come out. Because deep within us is this desire to break away from the mess that we're in. We don't want to stand in our guilt, in our shame, in our pride, in our hurt, in our anger. No, 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 no. We want to break out of that. But we really don't know how to do it. We are stuck in our stinky pen, full of sin, waiting to be free. The only way we can know which way to go and, and how to, to be free is by listening for the right voice. But this is where things get really, really fun. Because check out what Jesus says next. And, and what I want you to do, I want you to hang on. 
Okay, once you hang tight, we're going to read several verses. Okay, once you take a deep breath, you're going to be okay. We're going to start in verse 7, and you're going to be just fine. I want you to listen. Here's what, it, here's what it says. Therefore, Jesus said again, Very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The, the hired hand is not the shepherd, does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me, just as the Father knows me. And I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of the sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice and, they, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my Father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I receive from my Father. That is so cool. I mean, let, let me just kind of tell you what this really means because what Jesus was just telling these guys is that it's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. Let me explain to you. The first thing, Jesus is the gate. Jesus is the gate. Jesus is the way that we can leave the sheep pen of sin and enter into the green grass of grace that he offers us. It's only through him. John 14, 6, it says, Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus says he is the only gate to eternal life. Any other voice that says anything different is a thief. This means that the world is full of thieves that only want to destroy and steal your life from you because that's what Satan does. Satan is a thief that wants to destroy us. He wants to keep us in our pen of sin so he can keep us from God. He is the wolf trying to destroy the sheep. Ah, but now it's time for the good guy to enter. You see, Jesus shows up and we get to see how else he is involved in the story because Jesus then says, not only am I the gate, but by the way, I am the good shepherd. That's really critical. Jesus is the voice that we have longed for in our life. He will take us out of our sheep pen of sin and into the life that he wants for us by following his voice. That's the way we know which way to go. But check this out. He's also the good shepherd that says that he would lay down his life for his sheep. Isn't that interesting? But I also love that he describes the hired hand and how the hired hand takes off when the wolf comes. I, I mean, the hired hand doesn't have any skin in the game. It's not his sheep. He, he's, I mean, he's, he's out of there when the going gets tough. No matter how big and how tough that dude might be, that hired hand does not get paid enough to fight wolves. I'm just wondering how many hired hands we have in our life right now. Things that we think will be there when stuff gets hard, but in actuality, they will flee at the first sign of trouble. Is it that boyfriend that says that he's a man by saying all the right things, but when you ask about this whole marriage commitment thing, he is 
he runs to the hills like a, like a boy. Is, is it that job that says that it will be there for you no matter what, that your family, but when times get tough, they will fire you without batting an eye? Is it your social media influence that shows that you have all kinds of friends, but not one of them would be there for you if you ever really needed them? Who are the hired hands in your life that will fail you? Jesus is not a hired hand. And you can look at his hands as the proof. The, the nail-scarred hands of Jesus show us that he did in fact lay his life down for us. That he is the good shepherd that runs into danger for us and gives up his life for us. But listen to how these Pharisees <clears throat> responded to Jesus yet again. Look at verse 19. The Jews who heard these words were again divided. Many of them said, he is demon-possessed and raving mad. Why listen to him? But others said, these are not the sayings of a man possessed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? Isn't it so interesting that they say, why listen to him? Now, why would they say that? Why would they not want a good shepherd that lays his life down for them? Why would they not want a good shepherd that leads them to life? Why would they not want to walk through a gate that gets them out of their mess and into life? It is the very same reason that you and I don't listen either. Are you ready for it? Here you go. Here's the reason. If we start listening to Jesus' voice, we will have to stop listening to other ones. And if we do that... We're going to have to change. That is the gut level honest truth. We'd rather listen to the voice that says, do whatever you want to do, rather than the voice that says, follow me to life. But yet the voice we're listening to right now, those other voices, they are slowly sucking the life out of us one lie at a time. They are stealing your life. They are destroying your life. They are whispering to you the exact opposite of what God wants for you. All the while, Jesus is standing by the gate offering to give us life. The bottom line is that in order to listen to Jesus, we have to know his voice. We have to learn to pick his voice out of the sea of voices clamoring for our attention in this world. And the way that we do that is through being disciplined, through disciplines. Being disciplined through disciplines. And let me explain what that is. We discipline ourselves to know Jesus' voice by studying the Bible, by praying, by fasting, and being committed in community to other believers around us. My friends, this is why Rooted and Life in Rhythm and FPU are so important. It is a chance to hear from others, to hear from God, and to know his voice above all other voices. Haven't we all had that moment in time where we hear a voice and we say, hey, hey, gosh, I, I know that voice from somewhere. It's that nagging feeling that the voice is familiar, but we just don't, we don't exactly know where the connection is to be made. And I pray that that doesn't happen with Jesus. I pray that we don't hear his voice in our life and say, hey, I, I know that voice. Ah, but, but who is it? See, see, Jesus wants to be 
the great shepherd in your life to lead you and guide you to live life and live it to the full. Guys, those aren't fa fancy pastor words. Those are Jesus' direct words. Because here is the truth, the one line I want you to understand. That who we listen to shapes what we think, what we say, and what we do. Who we listen to will shape all of those things. It will literally affect everything about you. So every day we must choose whether we follow the thief or whether we follow the shepherd. You know, it's interesting. Because I think as people hear this, they say, you know what, I, I know, I know that I'm in a sheep pen right now. Because it stinks and it hurts and I'm lost. There are so many of us out there right now that know exactly what I'm talking about. Because you feel it. You get it. And you're wondering, how in the world do I get out of this? And I'm here today to tell you that the way that you get past it is not by your good works and it's not by working harder. It's not by making more money. It's not by being nicer. It's not by any of those things. It is by listening to the voice of Jesus and to understand what he did for us. That the reason that he can be the gate is because of what he did when he laid his life down for us. Listen again to what he said. He says, they will listen to my voice and there, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my father loves me is that I laid down my life only to take it up again. Jesus didn't have his life taken from him. He gave his life up for you and for me. And then he took it back because he has power over death. And if he can lay his life down and take death back, he can lay his life down for you and take the death that was deserved for you and for me back because he loves us, because he's the good shepherd, because he lies in front of it. And he loves us. He says, come through. So wherever you're at right now, I just pray that you'd be willing to listen to Jesus. In fact, you might never have had that opportunity. So maybe, if you will, without logging off or anything like that, what I want you to do today is this. I want you, wherever you're at, just to sit still for just a moment. And I want you to feel what it's like just to listen. To maybe just listen to what Jesus has for you today. So for just a few seconds, I just want you to be still and I want you to be quiet. And I want you to listen. I want you to listen for the voice of that good shepherd. And then I'll pray. And then I'll give us a chance to be able to take communion together. As we remember Jesus laying his life down, then taking that life back to the bread and the juice that we'll just take in a moment. But for a moment, give yourself permission to listen, to be still, to know that he's God. So right now, wherever you're at, if you're in a coffee shop or you're at a house, just close your eyes, bow your head. Let's just listen for a few minutes. Father, it's in the silence that we hear you the loudest. When we 
stop talking and we start to listen, we can hear your son tell us, I love you. I'm good for you. I'm the good shepherd. We get to hear you say, I laid my life down for you only to take it back up so that I could take you with me. Only Jesus, you could do that. Father, as a bunch of sheep in this world, stuck in our pens, we need you more than ever, Jesus. So right now, if there's anyone out there that is stuck in their pen of sin and they need to get out, would they just cry out and say, Jesus, I hear your voice. You are my savior. You are the good shepherd. You are the gate that I can walk through to eternal life and I receive you today. I want to be led by you, Jesus. I want to know you, Jesus. Take me out of my sin. Take me into life that I could graze in the green pasture of grace that you have for me. Father, you tell us that if anyone claims Jesus as their Savior, the old is gone, the new has come. They no longer are confined to their pen of sin. I pray, Father, that we would remember that truth at communion. As we hear this song, we worship with you. Help us, Father. Help us to hear you. Jesus, speak to us. Spirit, move. Let us be one with you. We love you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. If you've discovered Jesus and this ministry has helped you follow him fully, join us in reaching others by partnering with us today. You can give through our Crossroads app or at crossroadsgrace.org give. Thank you for listening and remember to subscribe to enjoy more messages like this. Now go and follow him fully.